I can't believe that all of the people did this and the, the voters and the, the Democrats did that. I did Silicon Valley. And- Hello and welcome to episode number 201 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we're sending out loads of health karma to John Fletcher. And from America's left coast, where the voters are a threat to our democracy, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Isn't that how the voters are always kind of that? Well, only the ones who are American citizens and fully registered to vote. <laughs> yeah, my wife works at village hall now so they're one of the places that is doing early voting and she's like people are completely out of their minds and they come in and they're like why do i have to tell you who i am it's like do you want your ballot (laughs) (laughs) yeah come to washington they don't really care about that sort of thing Uh uh-huh well they send one out to everybody here take a stack of ballots and do you know they're all just mail in Washington just assumes they're the mail is getting them because they come through the mail. So they're just assuming the post office is delivering. Well, more importantly, this is just. It's single tone on generic cardstock. These would be easy to print up and and dump them all in because one thing I never do is I never return it via mail. I, I have a lot of respect for the job that the post office has been trying to do. But I don't fully trust, like, I don't trust anybody. I don't fully trust all of the people at the post office. So my ballot it always gets turned into a ballot drop box. But on the day that I turn it in, which is the last day, uh, you know, next Tuesday is when I will turn it. I've, I've already filled mine out. I'm not turning it in until Tuesday. Did uh, you vote for Jay Inslee? Is he on the ballot this time? He is not on the ballot. He, he was on the ballot two years ago. And. Uh, the idiots in this state, or at least the the phantom people whose ballots were manufactured, voted him in it easily. I'll be talking about Jay Inslee this weekend, though. Uh, he he. Oh, you have because, like a little. We love Jay Inslee retreat going on. You bring people out. Yes, the woods. something like that. <laughs> I I don't think Inslee has much of a chance, but he was the winner of Battle of the Douchebags number five, and the final Battle of the Douchebags is coming up this Sunday. Ooh, after No Agenda, and I have been invited back. To defend his honor or dishonor. <laughs> I mean, you're not defending his honor. You're trying to get well, him the hangman's up news. Against, he's up against Chunk Yogurt or whatever his name is oh, yeah, and Bill Gates Turks. and George Soros and the other winners and uh, and Kathy Hochul, which if you're just going to go most evil governor in America, I, you know, as much as Jay fucking Inslee deserves my scorn, Kathy Hochul might actually be a bigger douche. Yeah, but she may be but, unemployed on Tuesday, so... Oh, I hope so. There's that. But that's an interesting thing. So all of the five, there's five finalists of the douchebags, all big time liberals. Well, go figure. Yeah, I imagine. Well, because the voting was done on NAS. <laughs> okay. So there, <laughs> you, the voting is a little bit skewed. There's a bias. Yes. No question about it. But as I mentioned but, up front, John Fletcher has got a little bit of something. He's been down. He's missed a few shows. You hear him scream. Grumpy old Ben's at the beginning of every one of these shows. So we hope he's feeling better. It's not like him to miss shows. So, you know, he's sick. 
I, you know, I wish him luck. But by the way, the reason why I was uh, trying to get there and I'm a little bit caffeinated this morning. Uh, the reason why you should never, ever, ever vote early is because the early votes are how they know how many fake ballots need to be dumped in ballot boxes. If they, if nobody ever voted early, they would have no clue until the very last day. And then the only option that they have, which looks a lot more sp- suspicious, is to suspend voting at 3 a.m. and say, oh, sorry, we're just sending everybody home for a coffee break while we go, you know, run the printer, you know, vote, ballot printer go burr. Well, there's a special they, place for all the ballots that you may need at the 3 a.m. hour. But it's different for you because you're completely mail-in ballot. The there, reason- there are no ballot places. There are ballot drop boxes, which is the closest I get. Or you can drop it in the mail and then it disappears into the system. There's, there is no transparency. By the way, the counting rooms also don't have observers. They're just uh, bureaucrats controlled by the state go in and count whenever and we get results when they come back. It's one Which, of the reasons why I posted. I'm sorry. That, that should be criminal. I mean, really at this point we have the technology put cameras in so everybody can watch the counting from home. And then you, oh, you so also they can, so they can, you know, get a soundstage and mock up the counting while they, well, they could do that know. anyway. Well, they do. What <laughs> I don't think that the, I think the ballots, I think all of the ballot drop boxes are just shredders because <laughs> The people can go ahead and vote, but how the hell do you know that anything has? Well, like I said, we can't. You put there a ballot was a in court order. Is there a whirring the 20, noise when you put the ballots in? It's like, yeah. And the 2020 election, there was actually a court order or a, a, a lawsuit to somebody filed an FOIA lawsuit after the ballots had been theoretically counted, but it only been about three weeks. And theoretically, uh, the race was over. The Democrat won because that's what happens in this state. And somebody filed a FOIA request saying, I would like to see all of the ballots that were cast for this local race. And they said, oh, I'm sorry. We already destroyed them. Of course you would. Of course you would. If you're you're cheating an election and you don't want the ballots to prove you wrong, of course you destroy them. Hey, see, Brooklyn, I thought you were from Brooklyn, not Chicago. He says, vote early, vote often with a Satoshi boost. That's what we do here. But here's the problem. With all of yours, they are all coming in via the mail. It's different in states like Illinois. Even the worst part about doing the absentee, which is the mail-in voting overall, and I don't know how they do the early votes. I know with the absentee votes, they get put into a box, and at the end of the election, if there are, let's just say there's 5,000 ballots that came in absentee i don't know how the early ones are done but if the end result wouldn't be swung by a five thousand votes for either candidate then they don't even go to those and open those they just well that sounds like an optimization uh-huh and it is except for the fact then that you never have a accurate count which in this day and age i think having an accurate count is well within I mean, our is grasp that, is that really important i mean what other than than for the putting up your graphics on the news station and and for the strat the party strategists to try to optimize based on feeding numbers into their AI, what is the count useful for? I think it's just the transparency aspect, and I think that they need to do more 
like you said, you put your ballot in and you have no idea how that was counted. The other day I was watching I a don't conversation, think it is probably, but I think it was blue douche that said where he does the voting. There's some kind of ID on the ballot. So you can go pull up that ID in the system and see what the results were. Now you don't know who cast the ballot, but you can go. No, no, we, we don't have anything like that here. That would be racist. <laughs> right. Because black people don't have computers or what is it? I'm not sure. <laughs> I can never I, the, figure the, this out. The, the rationale seems to change from explanation to explanation. The only thing we know for sure is that anything that could hurt the Democrat party is automatically racist. Yes. Having people verify who they are, which is what that turns into the Democrats saying you're racist and you're making it hard for people to vote. And it's like, no, it's not hard. I mean, yeah, people well. show ID for everything. If you want to go buy a beer, you, then somehow the people have, I, an, they have the ability I'm, to show my, their ID. My favorite canard is still the, the argument that somehow requiring people to show ID is racist because black people don't have IDs. Right. Even though is, you can get them free. It's demonstrably false. The, the, in fact, in places where uh, there is the perception of the police racially profiling black people carry their idea hell of a lot more than anybody else if they think that they're going to be pulled over and they, they're, they're like i don't want any you know i, I don't want to get thrown in jail because i don't have my id so i'm going to carry it so yes people you know people who live in a place where they expect the cops are going to persecute them based on their race are going to carry their id a lot more so that idea doesn't really hold water it's what? just the, the democrat party spends an inordinate amount of political capital fighting against security and elections and you have to wonder why well, i don't have to wonder i've got a pretty good explanation but yes and the system is inherently screwed up again my wife works at village hall they're doing the early voting and they cannot legally i think we all understand here in illinois they cannot legally ask to see somebody's identification, but it is the quickest way to find their ballot. So while you cannot ask for it, if somebody offers it, you are able to look at that and pull up their ballot. Otherwise you have to be, you know, what is your name? What's your street address? You know, all of this. And the, the U S by the way, is the only country in the world where there is any kind of stigma whatsoever about asking for ID to vote. Correct. Everywhere else, it is just accepted. It is a normal way to do things because it makes sense. If I'm not but, incorrect, both Mexico and Canada have a law to vote. You have to show your ID. Yeah, We're the I, only people on this this damn continent that are like now. And, and it's because one of the major political parties and 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 both if you live in a sufficiently Republican controlled and corrupt area, but nationally and certainly where I live, it's the Democrats doing it are fighting tooth and nail against any measure whatsoever that could improve election security. And the only possible explanation I have as to why they are fighting so hard to prevent elections from being secure is because they benefit wildly from insecure elections. Yes. Well, we know from the Democratic haven of California, and I believe in New York, they have opened up for illegals to vote in local elections, which just adds to confusion for federal elections. 
It muddies I, the waters. Yeah. I, I I saw proposals floated that they should be allowed to vote in federal elections too, which frankly, I want to see California do that because it justifies the calls that I have seen from national representatives of red states to make the argument that California's electoral votes should not be counted. Correct. Because they're because they're illegal. You cannot get an accurate count because they are encouraging people who are not eligible to vote to go in and cast votes, which mean you can't trust what you're getting out of California. And let me tell you, if if you are in a place where your like like I am, where your secretary of state is on the ballot, that is it, it, screw governor, screw senator, screw house. Everybody's talking about flipping the Senate, flipping the House of Representatives. The one way you can make a real difference is flip your secretary of state, because another thing that we noticed in 2020, every single place where there were unexplainable statistical anomalies that somehow gave rise to 81 million votes for a vegetable. Every one of them had a secretary of state who did some really sketchy shit coming up to the election. So your secretary of state is the person who determines how your votes are counted. Nothing else in politics matters right now than how your votes are counted. And in, in my, in my state, there are two people on the ballot for secretary of state. One who is a proud Democrat who has never been elected to any office whatsoever, who was appointed as secretary of state by J F Inslee after the previous secretary of state took a job in the Biden administration. Oh, and he is now running for the first time. He is the one responsible for counting his own votes. Hey, there's not a conflict of interest there at all. And he's running for the first time to be and and will probably win because it has a Democrat next to his name on the ballot, which is the thing that makes everybody in this state rubber stamp, including all of the people who aren't really people who are dead or illegal or, you know, just made up ballots being dumped in drop boxes. But I digress. His opponent is somebody who was the county auditor for the city of Tacoma which again, a leftist city. And she is in fact pretty leftist if you read what she says, but she is running as an independent. Uh, the Tacoma auditor was a nonpartisan. The secretary of state of Washington is partisan, which is why they put their party name there. But she is running on the platform of you should not be partisan when you're counting votes, which I think is a pretty damn obvious message to make. Seems logical. I- but she's using logic, so I don't think she has a chance. No, and there is always an apathy when you come up to these non-presidential elections. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of turnout's going to come out. I mean, we know we had the White House spokeshole, Jean St. Pierre. What's her name? Corinne Jean St. Pierre, who would I have? I have chosen not to expend the brain cells necessary <laughs> to learn her name. That said, you know, it's possible for... I didn't think she'd be here this long, to be I, honest. I know. She, I thought, she's objectively a moron. I, a diversity hire, yes. which is par for the course for the Biden administration. Yes. She said, to prove all of that, that having record turnout does not mean that you can't also have voter suppression at the same time. <laughs> I, I don't think she understands what words mean. 
I well, don't. Who was suppressed exactly? Would that be all of the people from Honduras, the millions of people who are flooding into El Paso every day? Right. It's the people that are supposed to cast the votes the way they want them to be cast that are always yeah. the ones that are well, being those suppressed. Those are obviously the only voters that they care about. Yes. Otherwise, you know, what, they'd love to suppress the other. You know, this what, is what about my vote that's getting diluted by having all of these people who aren't Americans, aren't citizens and don't even intend to stay here. Yeah, come in and vote. It's great. Yeah, but I'm like, hoping go that ahead and this, come over the border to vote and then we'll give then you a hotel. Back. Yeah, we'll give we'll give you money. We'll give you a hotel. We'll give you a couple hookers and a, maybe a bottle of Jack and you're going to have a good time. Come to the United States. But it, it makes me want to cross the border just so I can come back in illegally <laughs> here in Illinois. I mean, I hope people do go out and vote because it seems that our governor, which is one of the worst, he's right up there with Inslee and Hochul, the great J.B. Pritzker. The latest polling is showing this as a neck and neck race, which in Illinois, we do like to <laughs> the switch. latest polling. Yeah. I mean, which I you never believe any of that. But here in Illinois, we do seem to go back and forth when it comes to governor. Now, if you go to mayor of Chicago, I there's never been a Republican in my lifetime. But if you go to the governor, they hired Beetlejuice, uh huh. which is, again, how does that even happen? But the governor of Illinois goes back and forth, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. They put half the Republicans in jail. That's OK. But I think we're ready for is, another is that Republican. because it's it's basically the city of chicago versus everyone else in the entire state yes pretty much okay that that's basically how it is with seattle too You're like if we could just get these fuckers and build a big wall might be a better way to go about it keep them contained <laughs> build a wall and make chicago pay for it yes there you go that would work but it's going to be interesting to see who comes out to vote um, how lopsided this is i believe there are a lot of people that consider themselves democrats that are looking at their bank accounts and their grocery bills and their gasoline bills and now that winter's coming their heating bills and going this is not sustainable we need to do something i think i, the, I think the party gets gone i think the party mentality for most people disappears when it's costing them money i i really want to believe that and i think that it is happening for more and more people there are more and more people who are starting to slowly realize as they realize they can't pay their bills or make rent that maybe this party thing isn't serving me and i definitely approve of that because i support independent thought i i, I you know i've I've gone on record saying anybody who blindly follows party lines because party lines is should not be voting they, that you, you're just you are your vote is not worth anything except for a number in in a party strategist checkbook somewhere. Well, that's it. And there is people like that on both sides. Yes, and those a lot of them are the useful idiots. And that the, that is the group that. Inflation is where it's at. We're close to nuclear war, if you believe some people. I mean, the Biden administration has been a bigger failure than even we predicted. And we predicted pretty big. But there's still like 20% of the Democrats. And if they're polled, go, nope, love the guy. I still had some faith in some of the institutions or in 
in the lack of corruption in some places in this country and thought, oh, yeah, it'll be a I, I, again. I went on record saying, oh, 2020 was going to be a landslide for Trump. And, and I I absolutely underestimated the sheer amount of corruption in. That, that has been placed in secretaries of state, in governors, in in court systems, the the number of people who uh, let, let me just go out there and say it, Democrats, uh, leftists who lead with their ideology and their ideology has no room for the, you know, it's become a dirty word recently, but Christian values, the kind of things like like honesty, like integrity, like having a moral code, the the new left ideologies, the progressive ideologies have no space for a moral code. And so you have people leading with what their emotions in the moment, uh, having zero consistency in their actions. We knew this was happening. We knew this was happening in our schools. We knew this was happening in uh, in all the like, I'm, I'm pissing myself off. <laughs> you were just i thought for a minute i thought your connection was going bad it was just your no, hardwiring yes your brain. the connection between my brain and my mouth is <laughs> is being interrupted by the amount of rage i'm experiencing right now but i i 2020 was a huge eye-opener for me because it demonstrated to me and i'm sure there are going to be people out in the troll room or wherever who are going to be like well we always knew this well i didn't realize or uh, I, I didn't evaluate correctly the amount of corruption that had already gone into strategic places like secretaries of state, the amount of corruption in the U S Supreme court where John Roberts, who uh, uh, allegedly from a rumor, because this would never be on record said, you know, we are never going to take any case the, about the 2020 election. And they didn't. And that's why uh, six States with ob- obvious Statistical irregularities were never reexamined. We just took the word of the people that, I, okay, I'm going to well, shut up now. But it's this an is- interesting concept to look at, you know, especially now that we are two years out. The question becomes this what happens? They're going to do it again. That's why I'm so steamed about it. Well, that is always a possibility. But let's just pretend for a moment that we got the investigation that was somehow able to prove that they were correct and legitimate in their investigation found that yes, there were six states where there was improprieties that can be proven. And the end result of the presidential election was incorrect. How do you fix that problem? And how do you do that? Scorched earth. This is what it would cause no matter what, because at that point, then you, I don't know if there's any coming back from that point, and I don't know which side that uh, that actually gives the the better outcome to, if any any of them at all. Because I, I, I'm losing my conviction that maintaining the system we have is somehow better than blowing everything up and having people fight in the streets. I'm not convinced that we're going to be better off not having a civil war for very much longer. I believe that what they need to do would be to investigate that presidential election. What, once what I would like to books. have seen, what I would like to have seen in the last two years, and this is not going to not something that's going to happen because the the media and half the country have maintained 
that this was the most secure election ever, despite the fact that the 2016 election was obviously stolen and cheated. And this right, election, right. Will, you know, is obviously going to be stolen and cheated. But somehow with zero reforms, zero changes, everything in place exactly the same way it was, the 2020 election was the most secure that's ever happened because no consistency, because no morality and because it helps our guy this time. I, 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 there, what I would like to have seen would be some reforms like increased transparency. Some reforms like uh, remove all voting machines that at least the ones that are under suspicion of being able to change the votes of, uh, you know, get some people in who are actually impartial. Not that those people exist in today's day and age, but get some people in to verify, for example, that your voting machines are not connected to the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Get make some meaningful reforms to actually create election security. If if that had happened, then I would not have such impressive conviction that, of course, they're going to cheat the election again. They know they're going to lose. They knew they were going to lose in 2020. They know they're going to lose now, and they are going to do whatever the hell it takes. Mules, uh, database changes, uh, it, all mail-in voting, uh, changing voting restrict you know or changing voting rules two days before the election whatever well, it yeah. takes they are going to do it again because there has been no meaningful reform whatsoever because the two sides of the country can't even agree that any reform is needed because the lying sacks of shit that we call media have continued to say oh there was no fraud at all when even the most casual glance and basic knowledge of statistics looking at what happened is like, you know, this needs some more investigation, but no investigation has ever happened. Instead, they're investigating Republicans. They're fining Alex Jones a billion dollars for misinformation. Where, where's the fines for everybody who said the vaccine worked, by the way? Okay, I'll stop talking for a moment. <laughs> Man, we need like a, an applause button or something out here for the... I need to get off this topic. This is not. Uh, no, no, this is exactly where we need to be. And I think there have been some changes. And this is the weirdness about the presidential elections and the, the federal elections is that they're controlled by each state and each state does it differently, which I've debated myself on this topic for a long time, whether that is a good thing or a bad thing that all 50 I'm, states I'm leaning toward it. It's it's good because decentralization, right? Because, because the, every single time that you decide to make something federal and set up federal rules, then, you know, the moment that a corrupt person ends up in power somewhere and appoints a corrupt person in charge of those federal rules, then you've lost the whole system. When 50 states all have it, you have to have 50 corrupt people all right. getting in charge. So there's still something to be said that system makes sense to not let it get under federal control, because I do believe, as you said, if it gets under federal control, things get worse than having the federated system that we have now where all 50 states do it differently. We know there were election reforms in Georgia, but of course, as we've seen the coverage, it was all racist and horrible and trying attempting to keep people from voting, even though not one person on the left has ever been able to explain how any of these laws 
keep people from voting. So that should any rational thinking person, you know, go past the talking points and find the reason. If somebody says, hey, this Georgia law is keeping people from voting, it's suppressing the vote. Ask them how they will not be they, able to answer that question. They, they don't need to explain it. All they need to do is do a man on the street segment where they find somebody, find some poor idiot who's like, yeah, I was I was thinking about voting, but but I, I forgot my ID with my weed. And <laughs> hey, but you know what? They bring their ID to buy the weed. <laughs> yeah, at least at least here where it's legal to buy weed, you got to have ID just to get in. You got to be proving you're 21 uh-huh. just to walk into the weed shop. But you can go and fill out a well, ballot. That's racist. So black people don't smoke weed. What? They can't ID. I don't understand. Somebody's got to explain I don't, that one to you me. You know, believe it or not, of, of all the shows on the No Agenda stream, we are not the, the experts show. on weed. No, we are the worst show to talk about weed, which is why we do. Because, Absolutely. Because we, we're the only ones clear minded enough to talk about it because the rest of them are high. <laughs> so there you go. Where are you going to turn to for actual talk? But just okay, donors won't and tell you. every other podcaster on the network, please direct your hate toward Karen <laughs> for that one. I'll take it. Bring it on. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm saying have a good time and leave leave the logic and arguments to the grumpy old Ben's. And with the election, oh my God. I mean, you're the election system the way it is, there has been corruption, no doubt. There have been some changes. The one thing, I mean, there was even something in Philadelphia where the Supreme Court, I believe, of Pennsylvania said, yeah, if they're not addressed properly, not filled out, you can't count those ballots. That was a big thing in the last election, which was, well, we got some ballots here. We don't know who sent them in. And then Uh, I mean, that's that's been the the core of a lot of election challenges. Like if you recall hanging chads in 2000. Yeah, that was that was a good one as well. But I think there have been some small changes made. The major change, I believe, still has to come from the ability for ballots to be harvested, which this is still legal in certain uh, spots where the amount of money coming in. When the last election at the end, when all of the smoke cleared, we realized that about 500 million, if I remember correctly, that Zuckerberg and his wife. Put I thought you were going to say something areas. about 500 million votes. <laughs> oh, that would be good. We have like uh, at least 500 like, million that, people voting. That might here. actually, you know, one week from today, we might be talking about somehow the, the Democrats got 500 million votes <laughs> and managed to get 100% of the House and Senate seats. Can we send some mail-in ballots over to China and see if they come back filled out? We'll just, we'll count those. I don't know. But I'm wondering where the money's going to come from because this is it. This is the ultimate power grab. And all I want to know is if those laws have not changed, the 500 million that Zuckerberg spent that got Joe Biden in office, does that mean if Elon Musk steps up and throws a billion out there, then we can get whoever he wants instead? You know, this, if it's all about money, then people are really going to start having issues with the integrity of the election. I already have issues with the integrity of the election. And I know that Zuckerberg and Bezos and Gates are already out there spreading billions of dollars or uh, I don't know how much it is, but they're already out there doing that. If Musk comes up and starts feeding money into the system the other way, it doesn't lessen the corruption in any way. No, but it might make it a little bit more of a level playing field. And 
you know, at, at that point, you, I don't well, that's know. Because there's only okay, one the way per- to level that playing field. If one side spends $500 million, the way to level the playing field is stop everybody from spending money or you get an equal amount of money on the other side. I, I just had a thought. If you, have, if you have Zuck and Bezos dumping money into one side and Musk dumping money into the other, you know what this is? This is trickle-down economics. Yes, it is. This, is. this is getting all those billionaire funds back into the economy with the rest of us. Maybe this is a good thing. Trickle down politics. Just become a campaign <laughs> worker. Get out oh there. Beat the feet and with the mighty on the street. Get out there and get some dollars. What you got to do. But Elon now, man, he took over Twitter. That's happened since we last did an episode. It wasn't official last that, time. Oh, what I was going to say, had it. Yes. Right. I, I, I forgot Friday. that that was since our last episode. Uh-huh. Elon taking over and making changes. Because if. It feels like everything that needed to be said about that has been said, but we're grumpy old Ben. So let's go ahead and say it again. Well, it's just the intriguing part being the one AOC is mad at him, which I think is funny. Okay. Well, then that's a point in his favor. But we'll start with the most telling story, which was a Fox News story from today that the White House as they they say do the white house tweets a lot not joe biden himself but and i doubt it's john pierre because i don't think she could figure out how to tweet but (laughs) the white house tweeted it's probably obama you know what it very well could be because he did a commercial with some tiktoker that was just cringeworthy and uh, yeah you said tiktoker the word cringeworthy is unnecessary right it should be implied But this tweet from the White House said President Biden's leadership resulted in the largest increase in Social Security payments seen in 10 years, a claim that drew a flag on Twitter because the increase was actually caused by a 40 year high in inflation. So the White House lies now. You don't say. Uh huh. Can you believe this? Can you imagine the Biden people like, wait, what the fuck's going on? Twitter did what? The news is not that the White House lies. That's been happening for as long as there's been Twitter. I absolutely include the trump white house in that too oh yeah trump but, exaggerated and lied with the best of them but the news here is the idea wait the, what do you mean a flag what exactly is a flag well much like you remember when trump would post is this, something is and, this like a fact check yes when you remember the when they would post people would post stuff about covid all of a sudden you'd get a big flag that said this information has been deemed incorrect by the experts yeah I thought the AI was just trained to make put that on every post by somebody that they had decided was conservative. And I guess now they're doing it to the White House. So there's that. Is that the what what mechanism is in place? I don't imagine that they've hired a bunch of conservative moderators in one week. It is a community notes feature. So I don't know exactly how it works, but. Elon Musk acknowledged this new feature. I I don't know how new it is saying, quote, the community notes feature is awesome. Our goal is to make Twitter the most accurate source of information on Earth without regard (laughs) to political affiliation. End quote. Good luck. Oh, exactly. Because we know you're going to get bombarded on both sides, which means all political messages will eventually have a warning, which they probably should. Twitter was truly entertaining over the last week. As soon as people realized that the content moderation team was not moderating. Yeah. When they realized that, yeah, their, their people were gone. I mean, the number, the number of 
posts that were were straight up racist or uh, you know saying horrible things that was out there but the ones that entertained me were people coming through and posting things like there are only two genders or uh you know the vaccines have side effects you know really controversial stuff that would have been censored before yes which i suggested and our buddy uh johnny hipwell posted which was Men cannot get pregnant. That was my suggestion. And people started posting that because that would get you banned on whatever that other that Twitter alternate that we talked about last week that the uh, lib started. That would get you one post that would get you gone. Yes. The the tribal. Right. Tribal. Which was the best name for an, an all lib network. Tribal. Come on. Come get tribal with us, everybody. All right. I mean, that's not specific to to leftists. The I. I seen plenty i've seen a lot more people being tribal on the right because of where i you know where i find myself hanging out after having get got ejected from the leftist platforms <laughs> you were never you on the be tribal no matter what your your place is but yes uh, anyway. then elon really caused a lot of people including stephen king to get really pissed off when okay, I'm, I'm I'm in favor of that. Yeah, I know this was also very entertaining because Elon. I don't said, know who Stephen who does Stephen King's Twitter account, but I'd like to think it's not the same person who writes his books because I like his books, and whoever does his Twitter account is a completely <laughs> insane moron. You have to separate the two. I've come to that conclusion years ago. Otherwise, I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't watch most television shows or movies, and. Uh, you probably couldn't read most things. You have to separate the person from the art. And it's fun when artists come around. If we want to take that little sidetrack right now, which is one of the artists are what we do. Yes, it is. One of the artists that gets the hardest time when I do my rock and roll pre-show for no agenda. Uh, no better. Bono from you too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very what much. A douche. <laughs> right. Blue <laughs> douche loves Bono. Uh, and everybody in the troll room seems to hate Bono. I, I, I know that this is an this is going to be an unpopular position. This might be the most controversial position I've ever taken. But I like a lot of U2's songs. I do, too. I've always liked the music of U2. And I think, you know, it's an interesting sound. It was different. I mean, I first got into U2 back when I was in junior high. So this is like 82 or 83 when everybody else was listening to Duran Duran and wham. I mean, of course you needed an alternate when that was the music around. You're like Duran Duran, wham, <laughs> you too. Well, okay. I'm going with those guys. And I like that they were from Ireland. And uh, although I think only Bono is really from Ireland, I think the other ones are not the other members of the band or maybe at least not from they're just know, Irish posers kind of, or they're Irish, uh, but from like the I, UK. I but I honestly don't know much about the band. It's a, it's a side effect of if, if I like the music, I have learned through hard experience. If I like the music, I don't want to know anything about the people behind the music, because like you said, you have to separate the art from the artist. And sometimes the artist is a total douchebag. Right. And the music's okay. So it's like, yeah, you gotta, you know, that's the only way to not go insane. And, you know, even when Bono is, injecting a ton of politics into his songs like uh, sunday bloody sunday is is there a more politically charged song for the time and period it came out no no but it was a song it was a good that song was a great song 
And it was where I learned about the event that happened on that day in, I believe, 1970, when it was a peaceful protest, unlike what they call peaceful protest with BLM in that here. This was actually a peaceful protest that the British government opened fire on. And it wasn't until just a few years ago. I mean, we're talking this was well into the 2000s. So 30, 40 years later that the British government took responsibility and admitted it happened for the first time. And it was because of that song. When we were in Ireland, we traveled to Derry to see the spot where this happened. There's a little museum that was there. And it was a really a cool thing to learn even more about it. But I would have never even known about Sunday Bloody Sunday had not you two made it into a song. So again, this is where you separate the artist from the art and you can take things from it that, you know, you don't have to like everything they do. You don't have to like the people behind it. I like Springsteen's music, but I certainly don't like his politics. There's, I think you can separate There's another them. tool. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Bono has been a big activist for years. No question about that. And I guess, I don't know when this happened, if this was relatively recently, but this was in a recent interview that Bono said, quote, I ended up as an activist in a very different place from where I started. I thought that if we just redistributed resources, then we could solve every problem. I know now that's not true. There's a funny moment when you realize that as an activist, the off ramp out of extreme poverty is. Ugh, commerce. It's entrepreneurial <laughs> capitalism. You know, it's like, you know, that is that is the risk that every budding socialist runs is it, at some point, if you continue to increase your political awareness, at some point you will necessarily be hit in the head with reality hard enough to red pill yourself. Yes. And then that's what we all just wait for. I mean, people were like, oh, they know I like Taylor Swift and she got went from no politics to completely liberal. I'm like, don't worry. By the time she's like 40, she will be a rock hard Republican. Don't worry. It's what happens. Yeah. It's what happens uh, be because she's got a lot of money and she's going to at some point go, wait, the government wants how much? Oh, fuck them. She swears now. Did you know on her oh, latest album? No, I, I didn't. It would improve her songs. I bet. <laughs> oh, I, the swearing on her latest album is impressive. Impressive okay. swearing. I mean, she's one of the people that I can separate art from artist, and I don't particularly think much of either. But, but it's like you got. I mean, they're, they are they're separate things. Sure, yeah. The, you know, I you you reminded me of a saying that I, I it might be older than my dad, but something my dad always used to use in the eighties when he was talking about uh, politics, which uh, I I got spoon fed politics from a very young age, and it's a good thing that it didn't affect me at all. He used to say, if you're young and conservative, then you have no heart. If you're old and liberal, you have no brain. And, and that that describes the concept of of the self red pilling as you gain wisdom. And this is it. This is what happened to Bono, I believe. He's like, well, where does the money come from? Well, it doesn't come from wishing. It comes from capitalism. That Somebody is where people tell are, AOC that. Yeah, that people are pulled out of poverty. This is how. It actually happened. So it was nice to see that an artist that maybe was really over the left is now going, oh, maybe 
maybe not. Uh, he also said that I thought this was great when he was talking about, uh, you know, seeing like all the T-shirts people wear. He said, quote, I still don't like Che Guevara T-shirts. Fuck Che Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, you have to you have to realize why people wear those T-shirts. You know, back in the day, he was genuinely an awful person who did horrible things for reasons that he decided were right. And I'm not here to say whether his reasons were right or not, but he did awful things. And nowadays nobody even acknowledges what he did or why he did it. They're just like, I'm a rebel. So I'm going to wear the t-shirt that rebels wear. Right. I'm an individual just like everybody else. Right. And and you ask them to explain who the guy on their shirt was. And they'll be like, uh, they're like he was a freedom fighter or uh-huh. something. Yeah. <laughs> Just put Hitler on there. They might not even know the difference today. The kid was a freedom fighter, too. They are not understanding history. The kiddies today like AOC. I don't think she understands history. She was no. one that got really mad as Stephen King did. And this the Stephen King thing started when Elon Musk put out on Twitter yeah, you know, I'm thinking these uh, blue check marks, you motherfuckers. He didn't say it that way. I am paraphrasing like you fuckers. You're, you're the ones with the money you can afford to pay. I'm thinking of charging 20 bucks a month if you want a blue check mark. And Stephen King, of and, course, cried like a little bitch. Everybody with a blue check mark who obviously can afford it because Stephen King is worth, you know, what? Hundreds of millions of dollars. At least. Yeah. Lost their minds. Uh huh. Because that's bad. And Elon responded like, you know, somebody's got to pay the bills. The ad model is not working. And it seems like maybe yeah. maybe Elon has figured this one out. He's now lowered it to eight dollars rather than 20. And we'll t- you know, does kinda, that even matter? I, I don't think it does for a vast I, I'd majority be cool of if people. It was 50. The only question about the price point is, is who gets a blue check mark and what does it mean? Anybody who wants one, if you have the $8, just by by, by turning it into a subscription is absolutely going to change who gets one. I'll never bother getting one because why? Well, this is understandable because it it makes it a whole lot more fair. Well, exactly. But that's probably what the the existing people hate. Well, exactly. This is it. The people like Stephen King who are like, ha ha, I have a blue check mark. I'm in the hoity toity group. No, no, they don't hate that. It it costs money. They hate that they're losing their status symbol of of exclusivity. Yes. That anybody that wants will be able to get one. And I think Elon Musk is making a very strong case, which is there's a problem on Twitter. I don't think anybody's going to disagree that there is a problem on any social media with people lying, misinformation, disinformation. The real question is, can you do anything? And if you do something, what do you do? Nobody questions the fact that half of the stuff, if not more on social media is complete and utter bullshit. Well, forcing people to pay a monthly fee to have that blue check mark means you have verified that one, they are a real person and you know their identity, which also means if they slander somebody, you know their identity. You mean in the current? I, I, no, I think I that's mean, how with blue this, check with marks this new were system. Original. With this new system, if you're going to be paying for it, they will verify your identity, give you the blue check mark. But if you want, what? A, from what will, I understand, with this new will system. They or will they just take your money? That's what I'm wondering. No, I think they'll actually I mean, verify your identity. Like most of these places, it'll be like, you have to send us a photo of your, you know, of your photo ID. I don't know if they'll go any further. 
but that should take care of I mean, 90% I, of the problems. Can, can I go and create a botnet of blue check marks if I want to pay enough money? I guess is my question. I don't that, believe that, so. My impression was that was what was going to be available. That's not what I have figured out. I think they are verifying that it's tied to one person. So, I mean, if you want to put a bot on your real account, you're still going to be responsible for what that bot said. But what this should do is then separate kind of the real people and the bots. Because the bots <laughs> allegedly, you know, that's okay. whether that works or not. Yeah. That's now if they do it, yeah, where I they can, verify I, when, the identity. When I, when I register my botnet, I'm just going to have to go and get a bunch of photos from this person does not exist.com. Yes. Welcome to the Sir Bemrose botnet. If you too would like to be onboarded, please visit Sir Bemrose botnet.com. If, if you would like to be a person on my botnet. <laughs> well, isn't that the best kind of bot when they're people? <laughs> I guess if you're going to be running blue check marks on Twitter. Yes. Now, AOC responded back to yeah, the concept. I was getting back into a good mood. I was finally getting over my anger. You had to go bring up AOC. <laughs> bring up AOC. She said, quote, LMAO for you, for you people that aren't elite. That means laughing my ass off and a billionaire earnestly. She trying, has a lot of ass to laugh off. Well, that's true. Laughing my ass off at a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that free speech is actually an $8 a month subscription plan. Dumb, stupid, moron, AOC. The AOC is brain dead. I swear to God. It's like this isn't about charging for free speech. Anybody can still post whatever they want, you moron. This is to verify that you're a real person, moron. And it's still you know, free. her handlers need to stop letting her get her own messages out. I know. She is far more effective when they have her under tight control and she just says what the handlers want. And she's one they of went out and they went out and intentionally found something who was a complete frigging moron because they knew that she'd be controllable. Kind of the same reason why they put Biden in the White House. So this he'd is, be controllable. This is kind of like, you know, you complain and AOC has about misinformation. Well, this is how you take care of that dumbass. I mean, come on. You put a verification that it's a real person. That way people know who they're actually reading a message from. This is this is just insanity. That's certainly that, one step. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's a, a lot of things that have to be done. That's not a simple I, answer. I, I maintain that the the misinformation problem is not solvable using technical means. There is no level of censorship. And this this, I think, has been borne out over the last 15 years. There is no level of censorship that can somehow inject truth into a platform. Oh, the, that's true. The, the problem isn't solvable by technical means in fact the if you want to go a lot farther toward solving it than you ever could with a a fact-checking misinformation board then you need to change the incentives and and by the way good luck figuring out how to do this but you have to remove the incentive for people to tell lies well and you're absolutely I, I don't know right how to do that this is about being special and having a blue check mark this is why aoc's mad as well because now she won't be special with her little check mark and you don't think her handlers can buy her one (laughs) just like to put on the wall like a big blue check mark i don't know yeah just print it out stick it on the wall next to her desk be like look you have one Uh uh-huh make it make it like how come it doesn't appear on the screen like well it doesn't matter that's there yeah it's right there see it put it on a sticker put it on her clothing whatever you have to do Elon explained this as the $8 a month would bring power to the people saying, quote, 
Twitter's current lords and peasants system for who has and who doesn't have a blue check mark is bullshit. That is Musk. And I think he's right about that. That the reality is you shouldn't have to be somebody special. I mean, we've heard from the podfather, Adam Curry, a guy that should have had a blue check mark when they meant something like five years ago. And they would never give it to him because it was political bullshit. And he said he doesn't want one now. Well, this is good because this is totally eradicating that system where you have to be special to get one. Now, anybody that can pay for it will be able to do so. As we talked about on the last show, somebody figured out that 90% of the content on Twitter comes from 10% of the users. And those will be the 10% of the users that are willing to pony up the eight bucks a month because according to Elon, this will get them things like bypassing the paywall uh, and uh, other things like being able to post video and audio of longer formats. And so you're going to get a little more than just the blue check mark with the eight bucks. And he also said he wants to get to the point where to where they can financially reward the big creator. So this seems to make sense because we know there are people on YouTube making millions of dollars. Nobody's making money on Twitter directly from Twitter and Twitter's like, you know what? That's bullshit. Cause the only way to get people to actually create good content is to reward them. It all makes sense. I mean, Elon's not a dumb guy. It, it, is it okay? Honest question. Is it possible to create good monetizable content in 280 characters? Well, that is no longer Twitter. As I said, this is going to be even the ability to post longer form audio and video on the platform he's also resurrecting vine remember vine Which i do was, that was that was tiktok yes. before tiktok was tiktok yes and twitter decided no the rich well the people that were running twitter thought well that's a really bad fucking idea who would want to do that well it turns <laughs> out a lot of people a lot of people <laughs> who knew uh-huh and so elon White wants to bring comes that along back. and says actually this is a pretty good idea uh-huh it's kind of what's happening now so it's going to be fun to watch and if you then can with this new twitter where grumpy old bands if we posted a full episode in the audio format to a post and it doesn't oh, get taken down it's a great way to get in front of new people though i mean that's where all this comes from is for people that want to create content well i've and, never been accused of understanding marketing yeah that's true get let's get carl on he can explain all that <laughs> be like do we want our we want our stuff in front of more people I think this is a yeah, my, my technique change. is get in front of new audiences, immediately piss them all off. Yes. And they're like, well, either some people like that. A lot of people hate listen. People hate watch stuff. And it's I mean, I was always amazed at the number of ardent liberals who knew everything that Rush Limbaugh was talking about. Like they were glued to the radio because they couldn't not listen, but it made everything that he said made them mad. But they still they listened. The phrase living rent free comes to mind. Yeah. Living I mean, rent free right in your the, head. The, the, the leftist journalists listen to a hell of a lot more of what Donald Trump ever said yes. than, than I ever have. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Because, I mean, if you ever really listen to the guy talk, you're like, he's kind of a smug douchebag too, just like all of the other people who get on TV. Was I don't want to hear this. Was a perfect call. Perfect. It was kind of a cross between Trump and Bush. I have to work on that. It was a perfect uh, you, call. You do that. Yeah. I can do Elmo. Don't come back with your impressions. Yeah, I can do Elmo. I can do a lot, but I, I never tried to yeah. do Trump. 
I can well, do okay, so Beavis here's, and here's the real question. Can you yeah. do Fletcher? Because apparently that's that show is in need of it. I know. It's like it's gonna he has to get his voice back. I mean, the only way to do Fletcher is to talk a little slow and talk really low in the smoker. Um John Fletcher. Yeah, I'm not capable of either of those things. That's what you have to do though. That's how you do you gotta talk. I mean, he's got a much lower re- people say that Larry has a low register, but I think Fletcher goes even w- a little further than Larry. I mean, Larry's more commanding of it, but Fletcher has the more laid back low tone that just cuts right through the bullshit. Okay. If, if we're about done putting Elon on a throne, I want to tear him down for a little bit. I mean, that's fine. I don't think Elon's perfect, but I think he's doing some fun stuff with Twitter and it's making people mad, which makes me happy. I, and yes, that's exactly the same reason why I like Donald Trump so much was for the people who lost their freaking minds whenever he opened his mouth. And and Elon is doing that. There are a lot of smug douchebags who were very happy in their bubble. And Elon is coming out and poking these bubbles and popping them and going, look, reality. And the the smug douchebags who are completely insufferable in their utter conviction in retardation are suddenly losing their minds and you know developing new mental disorders because of all of the cognitive dissonance and it's beautiful watching people get introduced to reality after they've been such assholes about trying to deny it so i like that part um and to be honest i'm not even i'm not even going to be the one uh, trying to knock elon down other than than repeating a, a argument that I have had over and over again on this show, on Angry Tech News, on this show as recently as two weeks ago, when we pointed out that uh, autonomous vehicles are not all that. Um, Bloomberg had a story a couple of weeks ago, and I definitely ranted about it, but I'm going to continue because the feds are, quote, investigating Tesla over their autopilot feature now. Interesting. Um, the U.S. Department of Justice launched a probe last year. They didn't disclose it for whatever reason. Um, all of this information, by the way, comes from via Reuters from, quote, people familiar with the matter. <laughs> oh, so, so anonymous sources. In other words, uh, it, it could be 50 percent bullshit, but I'm going to go ahead and report it because it confirms my preconceived bias that full self-driving and auto autonomous vehicles are not ready and are are not going to be available when all of the big marketing guys, including Elon Musk, say they are. What about self-flying cars? Um, d- d- depending on how high a cliff you drive them off of, they all <laughs> seem to, they, they'll all fly. So For a brief period of time. Autonomously. No driver input needed. You just drive off the cliff and they will fly for several seconds on their own. Woo. <laughs> and then um, there's the crash. The, yeah. The people familiar with the matter were at least found to be reliable enough for CNBC and Ars Technica to run their own articles with their own opinions, but all the same information. Just letting you know that, you know, media is continuing to repeat each other. Yeah, the media domino Um, effect. The Tesla website says autopilot requires active supervision, but that's not what they've been selling. They're marketing. And in fact, uh, uh, you know, even a video right next to that warning. The marketing says the person in the driver's seat is only there for legal reasons. He's not doing anything. The car is driving itself. Uh, Musk is constantly saying the same thing. The car is driving itself. Uh, even said last week on an investor call that uh, autonomous, the, the full self-driving and the autopilot feature, which is actually released, are 
uh, you know, going well, the car is driving itself. The, we continue to have people have to be in the driver's seat for legal reasons, but you know, this is what they're selling. And this is why the DOJ is investigating going, actually, we haven't seen any evidence that these cars are capable of driving themselves. And as we definitely went over two weeks ago, um, there is not an autonomous system out there that is capable of driving completely computer driven with, you know, where the person can just go to sleep. Right. There's not one. There isn't one. Not in real world conditions, maybe on a track. And so I just wanted to bring that up saying, you know, Elon Musk continues to push the fantasy that we are going to have self-driving cars anytime now. You know, it was what, uh, seven, eight years ago, they started selling full self-driving into Tesla's. Those cars are wearing out and there's no danger of, of this feature being turned on anytime soon. Well, and the problem becomes if you run into somebody, you know, if you take out a family of six, the car is not responsible. You are as the driver. And this concept Literally, yeah. of assisted driving is intriguing. Sure. I dig it. I like it. But the reality is, if you have to have a driver in that seat and the driver is the one responsible for overriding a system, if there's an error, like, you know, maybe the car is going right towards a family of six and not slowing down. The question now becomes your response time, because if you're sitting there letting the car do the driving, most likely you're not going to jump in fast enough because you're like, oh, the car knows what it's doing because because you're you're reading a book, you're putting on makeup, right. you're jerking off, whatever it is that you do when you don't have to pay attention to the road. Yes. And then when something bad does, I mean, all it's going to take is one person to splatter a family of six all over the pavement and go to jail I love for your it. trolley problem descriptions. <laughs> it works, right? But it's only going to take once and that person to go to jail for life for every self-driving car owner to be like, fuck that. I'm yeah. not letting the car drive anymore. The, the ability to entertain a hypothetical situation and evaluate its likelihood is the reason why I've already said, fuck that. It's at least got to be a family of six, though. Yeah, I'm like, I, you know, four or five. You, I mean, it's iffy. You might be able to get a, an acquittal uh, one, two or three, and you won't even notice. Tell you what, I'll let you go. Family of five and a cute dog. That is the lowest I'm going to go. <laughs> best I can do. Right. That's the best possible we could come up with at this point. But that's so just re- in case you thought that Tesla was being picked on by the DOJ because they are horribly political and, and frankly, they may now because Elon is going to be hated by everybody on the oh, left. Oh, yeah. Every every regulatory agency is going to start staring into them. I'm just calling out the ones that already existed. For example, there are three separate NHTSA investigations, NHTSA Tran- Transportation Safety Administration, something highway trans. Yeah, anyway. Um, three separate investigations, one to determine whether or not their autopilot feature can see motorcycles because there have been some (laughs) autopilot incidents where a car on autopilot ran over a motorcyclist. Oh my God, that would be bad. And as much as I want to hate on motorcycles, because I have met some motorcyclists who are real jerk offs, especially any, for example, anybody who says the phrase, Loud pipes save lives needs to be run over by an autopilot. But not everybody who rides a motorcycle is a jerk. Some of them want to stay alive. 
but the yeah okay one investigation trying to decide they actually are trying to decide whether or not the autopilot can see motorcycles and i'm sure that it can in certain conditions whether it can see them all the time whether or not it can see them well enough to satisfy the motorcycle drivers who may not want to be on the road with one of these things that's a question left to go yeah well here's my thing if it can't see a motorcycle what about a kid on a bike i it i really i mean what the hell are they doing on the sidewalk right that's right. I always drive on the sidewalk. It's the safest place to be. Uh, another NHTSA investigation. Why autopilot Teslas keep hitting emergency vehicles? There have been 11 incidents in the last three years of a Tesla on autopilot just swerving into an emergency vehicle on the side of the road. <laughs> Wait, so it, it swerves into them? That doesn't- act- this is the AI version of target fixation. <laughs> Wow. Okay. See, I was thinking like, I get it because emergency vehicles will go through a red light because, you know, they're making a lot of noise and normal drivers will hear and, you know, the lights are flashing. So again, the concept is even if the light there, most places, the lights change, but if you're in a place where the light doesn't change automatically, the emergency vehicle will slow down, but go through the intersection. Now I can see if you're in a Tesla, it's just like yeah. lights green, everything's good. And then you slam can, into you the know, side. I, you know, I, I hadn't even considered that. And I don't have information how many of these 11 incidents were that. The The description in the article gave one anecdote of, so, of a Tesla swerving into a parked emergency vehicle on the side of the road. But maybe the other 10 were, as you describe, I don't know. But, I mean, but like, the reality uh, is. Why would you swerve into a large object on this side of the road? Well, if it's a person, you call that target fixation. Yeah. It's the principle that if if you focus and concentrate on something, like you find something on the side of the road that you really, 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 really don't want to hit, and you become focused and stare at it so much because you know it's there and you don't want it, you're going to turn right into it because the brain just says, oh, I'm focusing on this. Let's go that way. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how that works with. With, with a computer program, uh, maybe the problem is that, you know, the bright flashing lights, which are intended and designed to grab attention from a human because humans react to flashy, blinky things, um, don't have the same effect on a computer. Maybe the flashy lights just confuse a computer. They're like, well, there's, you know, the, the, this line of this color and the, you know, the lens flare from the light and it looks like the lane goes this way. I don't know. I don't know what's going on inside of that retard computer brain. Somebody hacked the AI and said, if you see flashing lights, aim for it. Yeah, I think somebody at Tesla hacked the AI. Could very well be. The third investigation is to determine if removing or disabling the forward looking radar, which, if you recall, happened two months ago, is responsible for a sharp rise in phantom braking events that has happened in the last couple months. Phantom braking, which means the Teslas are hitting the brakes when there's nothing in front of them. Yes. Interesting. After turning uh, with, off their radar feature. Yeah, they no longer have the radar feature. They now have to use cameras. And if you recall, when we ranted about this two years ago, or two years, two days, two weeks. That's close. Time time is a weird concept to me. Yeah. If you recall, when we talked about this, the turning off the radar meant that they had to rely entirely on cameras, for example. And uh, what happens when you put front-facing cameras on the bumper of a car? 
Well, what happens when you put anything that light's supposed to pass through on the bumper of a car in real world conditions? It gets mud on it. Yeah, quickly. I'm not, I'm not sure that I want to trust front facing cameras. And, you know, the the investigation hasn't come back. But how many of these, for example, were caused by mud obscuring part of the camera and the computer interpreting that as, oh, no, there's a car right in front of me. Slam on the brakes. Well, yeah. Which, of course, everybody knows is safe. Unless, you know, somebody's behind you. So what you're saying is a big bug hits one of the cameras and all of a sudden it's interpreting it as a large animal. It's interpreting it as war of the worlds. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you get a swarm of locusts. Oh, God, no. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, you can't just use cameras to guide a moving vehicle. And well, expect- you, I, I think it's possible if you can come up with some way to keep the cameras very clean and make sure they have the full field of view. It's just in real world conditions when you're not on a, a, a test track in California. Right. There's there's going to be snow and mud and crap on the roadway. Well, it's always and I know there's a lot of the tire rubber being kicked up in the NASCAR races. But if you ever watch the little bit of film that goes in front of those, most of the cameras is constantly being moved to the side because they get dirty within like 15 seconds because of all the crap in the air that is hitting the camera. I believe that, you know, so it's like the, the streets I, I, I aren't all that there's different. No, no small amount of petroleum in the air at that level, too. Uh huh. So it's like if you're following behind a truck or something like that, that's putting off a little bit of oil or something into the air. It's like all that. If your camera doesn't have a self-cleaning feature, y'all going to die. Yeah. It, I mean, even. Cars have a feature to clean the piece of glass that you're that you're trying to look through while you're driving for humans called windshield wipers. Yes. Did you see you the, better, the minimum have that for your camera for uh, like computers can't see any better than people can when you get crap all over the windshield. Jeep just created a windshield wiper system that actually dispenses the washer fluid through the whole blade arm. So it's like perfect for people going off roading. Where you uh, normally, you know, you start up your windshield wipers and you get that big smear right off the bat because it's just smearing it in before the fluid takes fact. This, this might be a Pacific Northwest thing, but I have to replace my windshield wiper blades once a year. Well, you want to be able to see. This new set of blades you're describing are going to be a hundred bucks. Well, I think the blade the, the is blades still that separate. I get from my local AutoZone are more like 18. I think it's still separate. I think the little rubber piece is still replaceable. It's just the arm that dispenses the jets of fluid. Well, I've seen lots of, of systems that dispense them from the arm that holds the blade. Well, I never have. And this was oh. one that actually was very effective, which I don't know. I'm assuming it's what? more than just a little squirt squirt too. I think it's kind of like a little pressure wash coming out. Okay. Well, the, I mean, I've seen plenty of cars. Uh, my, my current one, I don't think does. actually maybe, you know, I honestly don't know what my current car does, but Uh-oh. I've seen a lot of systems where there's a, a pipe running up the arm and it sprays it from roughly the center of the wiper arm and it sprays it to one side of the wiper, which means that if you happen to spray it when it's going the other direction, you get a full wiper cycle of you can't see a damn thing because <laughs> the the thing is moving by. It's smearing a little bit and then putting crap on it. But then when it's going the other direction, it's it's spray and immediately clean up. Digi says the uh, Mercedes have had this for a while. You need it. You got to be able to see. Uh, uh, only if you're rich, you know, I even, guess. even the wiper spray 
which is a technology that's been around for 50 years, still has some problems. For example, when it's really, really, really cold and the stuff freezes up. Well, you got to put antifreeze in there. You can't just put water in. Oh, I always use the blood of my enemies. Oh, well, that that will clot and cause way more problems than it's worth. But it is so badass. It is impressive when the bread just starts coming out. That's like one of the things you can do if like if you're at somebody's house, there's little like capsules, things with like red food coloring you can put into, you know, if you had a minute or two in the bathroom where you could take the shower head off and put that in. So the next time they light up the shower, it just comes out red. I mean, there's all sorts of yeah. fun stuff you can do. Just uh, put like, take, yeah, take the shower head off, put a red Jolly Rancher in there. Right. That works too. And they're like, wow, this water smells fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It, it looks like blood, but it tastes like raspberry. Uh-huh. This is great. I mean, then you get a little sticky and then that's a problem too. But uh, you just take an extra long shower till it wears out. Oh, yeah. Whatever works. Technology, man. We're, we're getting to a point in technology where the cars are going to be able to drive themselves. No, we're not. <laughs> Again, they do, as long as you have very low standards about where they drive and how well they do it. Right. Well, we talked about that, too, a couple of weeks ago. I believe this is going to start happening in cities where they can map every bit of the terrain that the cars have to go over. But out on the open road and all that, where all sorts of weird things could change or happen, then no. It just, it doesn't work quite that well. And it scares me that they're like, well, we have radar, but we're going to turn it off to rely on cameras that don't work as well. Yeah, that, that, that always struck me as a cost cutting maneuver because I can't think of a really good reason. I mean, I, I guess that the people developing the program had enough confidence. They're like, oh yeah, we can do this with cameras. And they had lots of test data from their very clean track in, in California where it's always sunny and the weather is beautiful and temperate um, to say, oh, yeah, cameras are good enough. But I'm just feeling like that. That was a dangerous maneuver. Yes. I want to know how a winter evening affects that when the cameras start getting iced up where you can no yeah. longer determine what is actually for, for the two thirds of, of the country that have actual weather. You guys got weather. You were up to 100 degrees in the summer, man. That was that was weathering. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, it's currently 47 and clear right now. Okay, so I'm just guessing. Just in case anybody wanted a Pacific Northwest weather report. Which we did. Didn't. Well, we love the Pacific Northwest weather report because we now know that you've had to light that fire in your house. I, yeah, uh, November came. I did win my challenge that I had set for <laughs> myself. Um, there was some grumbling from the other half of the household. Um but it's I, I managed to go all the way through October without lighting the fire. And, and then November first, um, the you broke the cherry on the. Uh, November first, I was kind of forced into it. Like gunpoint, or uh, yeah, kind of. Like this is it. We need. She knows where I sleep, and she knows where the guns are. And you, well, that I would say you made a very wise choice. Then we're still in that weird point here where it gets warm enough in the day. I think it's like in the low seventies now, where it's like. You almost need the air, but then at night it's down into the 40s. So you kind of need the heat and it's. Oh, it, it got all the way up to 55 degrees yesterday. Wow. See, that's like suntan weather. That is suntan <laughs> weather. Elon can help you out with that. I'm sure there's a system Something he like can that. create. And you know, the feds are going to go after him now. He's going to be like the most hated person. I think Trump's going to be removed from the most hated 
by the left and Musk be just because of this Twitter stuff. And he's upset their ecosystem that they can no longer. The lefties cannot spew their bullshit without reprisal. It's, it's hard to assign a, a status of most hated person because of the seemingly limitless capacity of leftists for hate. They do seem to like hating. That, yes, they love it. Hate is love. It's like, I don't hate anybody. I'm just like, you know, uh, I'd rather not deal with a lot of people, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, you have to get to a pretty big level, especially, you know, when we're talking politicians or anything like that, or people in the, you know, entertainment industry, it's like yeah, to hate, but the left seems to love hating. I don't quite understand it. I mean, I guess it's what makes them happy. Hate makes them happy. I- I heard uh, a, a stat, uh, a, maybe a study. I don't have a source for it. I think I may have heard it on No Agenda, so that makes it obviously real. Uh, that somebody did a psychological study and determined that uh, left, if you're on the left side of the spectrum, then you have uh, a tremendous capacity for hate. But if you're on the right side of the spectrum, then you don't hate very much, but you have a tremendous capacity for disgust. That and I can seems- I can confirm that there are a lot of things that I don't necessarily hate a lot of things. I can, you know, look at it logically, which to me, hate is just an irrational dislike. And I'm like, no, these are all rational dislikes. And I'm complaining. I have no respect for these people and no respect for this action, no respect for this. And that that is a form of disgust. Seems right. It seems right, which is why I brought it, despite <laughs> having absolutely no basis for calling it true. Except for that it seems right. Yeah. And if it seems right, you may as well put it out there. Yeah. Why not? It's just, it's opinion. And I mean, what is, what is discourse in 2022, if not unformed opinions flying back and forth? That's all it is. No attribution. For $8 a month, you'll be able to do that on Twitter and more. Uh, NAS is far superior. Well, it's free. Mastodon greater than Twitter. Well, it's, it's decentralized. The audience is smaller. But that did you I okay. don't need to. Yeah, well, that's also a, a bonus. I read somewhere, and again, take that for what it's worth. But with the Elon takeover, a bunch of lefties were moving to Mastodon, and I found that hilarious on all sorts of different levels. Oh, yeah. I saw a bunch of guides like, you know, here's everything you need to know about Mastodon when you're coming over from Twitter. Uh huh. Because Elon bad, like Orange Man, Elon bad. Things like, how do I get people to follow me? Well, you can join one of these lists, and it points to an application and the application says things like, you know, first of all, here's, here's all our rules to be on the list. You, you can't have a bot. You have to have mostly original content. If you only boost, you're not going to get it. Uh, you need to have at least so much content and you need to not say anything that is blatantly racist or hateful. So you can't be, you can't be on the right. Yeah. (laughs) Saying men cannot get pregnant. will have you banished. Yeah. Um, but it's the, I, it's the left. I, I have to, I, I admit I am generally happy with what is happening on Twitter right now in terms of a movement toward freedom of speech and a significant, I mean, significant reduction in censorship. Sure. Uh, because there's none right now, but Twitter is still centralized and Elon will talk a big game about wanting freedom of speech. But he's also talking about, uh, you know, verification. He's talking about uh, wanting, you know, having a, a, a 
bipartisan censorship board that has all viewpoints. And well, first of all, the the space of all viewpoints is far larger than you can possibly have on one board. Yes, you, you'd you have, have to, to. You'd have to employ everybody on Earth in that board. Yes, and and that might not be enough because I'll have three different viewpoints in a day. <laughs> we need some aliens and not the I, kind from Honduras. So the, you can't have all viewpoints represented. Period. And the very idea of having a censorship board is incompatible with freedom of speech. And as you know, I, I take a fairly absolutist position on freedom of speech. Either you have it's Boolean, either you have it or you don't. If you have censorship, you do not have freedom of speech. You might have a lot of degree where there's a lot of things you can say. And there might be a lot of people out there who don't care to say the things you're not allowed to. But if there's something you're not allowed to say, you don't have freedom of speech. Twitter is still centralized. I remain skeptical that it can become the thing that Elon is talking about it becoming. I'm still throwing my idea in the only solution, the only way out of this Silicon Valley censorship crap hole that we've been living in for a decade is massive decentralization. And Fediverse is how to do that because the nobody is capable. Nobody from Mastodon main servers, nobody from the, the new leftist servers, nobody who's creating this list are capable of shutting me up on my server. In fact, the only person who is capable of shutting me up on the server where I do most of my boosting is either Ariner or Adam Curry. Both of them have said they won't. And I actually believe them because it's a lot of work and I know they don't want to do that much work. Well, your cat can still get you if they pull the power. Even if no agenda social decided to start censoring what I say, I have the ability to just go out and spin up my own. I may not want to, it may be a lot of work, but it exists. And that is the only way that you reach actual freedom. Freedom is scary. Oh, it is. Which brings us to the EU digital markets act. Oh my God. Did you have that on your list before? (laughs) <laughs> not not on my current list. I bitched about it about six weeks ago on Angry Tech News. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, it's coming to town, it seems, which I found uh, some of this stuff. This was an Ars Technica piece that I got this stuff from saying that uh, first, the Digital Markets Act, the DMA. And if Ars Technica doesn't like it, then you know it's horrible. Uh, of course, requires dominant platforms to let in smaller competitors. Which it says could compel things like Meta's WhatsApp to receive messages from competing apps like Signal or Telegram. I'm like, okay, right here I had to stop and like, how the fuck are you going to make that happen? Those systems (laughs) are secure for the reason that they're closed. One of the clauses in the DMA is it enforces interoperability. Which is bullshit. There's no, I mean, how do you make that happen with something like you, you re-architect your system and you sacrifice some of your features, all of your privacy, all of your security, or maybe that's the end result that the EU wants, or they're too fucking stupid to understand what they're asking for. Well, the EU has uh, been very consistent in their idea that uh, you should have security and privacy against silicon valley companies but not them but all of your data should be visible to the eu government that forever. makes sense yeah they've been very consistent on that position it could prevent amazon apple and google from preferencing their own apps and services okay so now if you go on to amazon they'll have to be like well 
we could sell you Spotify, but our service is pretty good too. So yeah. the the most notable thing about the DMA that I I picked up on at the time um, is uh, what what did you call them? Large companies? No, they I believe the DMA language is gatekeeper companies. Yes. And who um, is the gatekeeper? There's only there's the, it, you it, have it was to be it was enough. very very it was very very carefully crafted. the The criteria was such and such revenue with such and such number of users and such and such reach or whatever. But it was very carefully crafted. The exact list of all of the gatekeepers in the world who are being regulated by the Digital Markets Act. Would you like to guess? No. Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, Apple, Google. No, I mean like the five biggest companies. That's it. Those those are exactly the full list of people who qualify under this. And it's Wait, actually going to be like, like there's nobody else who's even close. Which in America would be illegal because it would be selective prosecution against. You can't make a law that's like, this is only good for these yes. five companies. But fortunately, the European government has even fewer constraints, constri- restrictions, or scruples than the American government does. It seems that way, which again, I don't know how this is going to work. They say, you know, so if one of these gatekeeper companies is doing something they don't like, they will tell them that and they will have six months to comply. Now, I don't know. You've worked in with coders. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. Six, six months is not enough time to fully re-architect your system. Right. To be able to include the things they want it to. It's like, it just can't happen. This is, again, ignorance, or this is intentionally trying to hurt these corporations, which at some yes. point, Google will just go out. So Google will just go, well, fuck you, EU. We're shutting you off then. There will be no Google in the EU. We will block you as well. I mean, we know VPNs, all I mean, this other there, shit, but there is absolutely a bean counter argument to be made because Europe is such a large market. But there's precedent for what you just described. When, for example, uh, uh, one of the, the one Aussie of the European thing? countries, uh, France or Spain, I'm not sure. One of them, they're all the same. Uh, one of the countries made a law that required that Google News pay journalists to link to their stories. The Aussie thing. It was Australia, wasn't it? Well, Australia also tried to do the same thing, and I don't know if they succeeded, but it started as one of the European countries, and Google just shut down Google News in that country. Period. Like, Makes oh, sense. sorry. Wait, it's like, we can't do what you're asking, so we'll just shut down. Or we're not willing to, yeah. Yeah. The EU, so, it says, has previously leveled big fines against Google, Apple, and others through antitrust investigations, a mechanism that puts the burden of proof on the bureaucrats. But now, under the DMA, the onus is now on the business to fall into line. This well, is that a, makes regulating so much easier. Yes. Like, uh, we don't like the outcome, so let's go ahead and say you were negligent here. Fine. The uh, the quote on this was the key message is that negotiations are over. So this sounds very much like the science is in you. We can't we can't question everything. Well, it it did pass the EU the couple months back. Negotiations are over. We're in a compliance situation. You may not like it, but that's the way it is. So it's like <laughs> okay, this this was from a guy the DeGraff that was I forget who he worked for in the eu but he's like moved to california to be near all these tech companies to explain what's going on here and this is going to be a shit show 
because as we've talked about, the Internet is global, which means if they have to make massive changes for the EU, most of the time they're going to make it for the world because it's not like, well, we have to redo the architecture of our system so Signal can play with WhatsApp. It's going to be a shit show. It's kind of like when California passes a regulation, then by de facto, all the other states end up having to follow it. Yes. Which I'm guessing a lot of these corporations are just going to go fuck the EU. I, I early on, I think that that's the only option. I, I think there's going to be, have to be a period of six to 12 months where they're like, we don't have the technology necessary to follow your requirements but they'll be developing it and maybe not all of them, but you are going to see Microsoft. You were going to see uh, you know, Google come out with new systems that are going to be really buggy because they were developed fast. And, and we know that Silicon Valley, like that, that you are the testers for Silicon Valley, but they're going to come out with new re-architected systems to meet these requirements. They're going to be buggy as hell. People are going to be writing articles forever about how this and this bug happened or this happened or this security breach happened or, or, you know, the entire database of every Facebook user ever was uh, somehow accidentally released to hackers because they were trying to interoperate with Knitter. Right. Right. Well, Well, here's it. I mean, when they're like, you have to allow interoperability. So you come up with, uh, you know, Bemrose land, a new social media site. Yeah. Well, of course, Facebook has to let you have access to all everything in their system. Yeah. And then I, and then I use the Facebook personal API and find a bug in it and exfiltrate their, their entire database. That is going to happen. Might not be me, by the way. It might not, but, but it might be. Nobody knows for it sure. Might be. If it is, I, I'll, I'll let you know if I decide to take credit for it. It also says the EU is also considering passing specific rules for artificial intelligence, which could ban some use cases of the technology. And again, how are you going to enforce this? And what is artificial intelligence? People talk about this like it's more (laughs) than computer code. You know, we're going to have specific rules for artificial intelligence. Well, see, when when an algorithm becomes complex enough to develop a soul that's how you get art- artificial intelligence well, well i don't think that's ever going to happen so we're safe then well csb is working on it well that would be well he then he would be very rich and he could donate to the show bigly yes he could but it's like this except is the, that he hates me and gene well see you know i can't really fault his logic there so i mean you can you can debate that but i'm like oh you don't like Bemrose, i get it you don't like gene i get it you just you're just okay with the outcome because you get to see those sweet CSB funds for reading his ads, no matter which show it's on. He's always like, I like that Larry guy and everybody likes Larry. That's the, that's the bottom line there. Yeah. And, and Larry just kind of tunes out and he's like, you read whatever ads you want. I'm fine with it. Whatever. Larry likes everything. Well, except commies and bullshit doesn't like AOC. Well, that's because Larry has a very refined taste when it comes to commies and bullshit. This is true. And a radar. He knows where to find them. And you can find Larry well, at that Larry show. He, he, he lives in Southern California. They're not hard to find. Amen to that. That's true. But so all of this stuff, and this is going to have bigger repercussions than I think anybody is even imagining right now. 
And the question's going to be, since it is, as you said, only the big five that are falling under this category, they've got a lot of money to fight this. And they also are big enough where if they decide to shut down. So if this comes down to a case, say Google is pissing off the EU and Google says, well, then screw the EU. We're shutting down and everybody in an EU country that has a Gmail address that automatically loses the ability to get to it. Well, then go complain to your government. There's going to be some fun stuff going on. Yeah, but I mean, there's an interesting dynamic between the five of these, which is to say that they all have overlapping and sometimes competing services. So if if Google shuts down in the EU, what's to say that Apple won't be like, oh, okay, well, in this case here, we'll just develop a rudimentary interoperability and take all of your all of your market share. Well, that doesn't bring people there. They're a a public company. It's illegal for them to make any move that would intentionally lose them that many users. What if all five decide it's financially not viable to do business there and all five say we're out? Then that's collusion. It's a cartel, (laughs) which it is, but they don't like to admit that sort of thing. Yeah, but it could still happen long enough to really piss off everybody in the EU that uses Google and Amazon and Meta and whatever. The the ending to that Google news story in Spain was it took about two years. And then I think that they backed off on their requirements because people in Spain were starting to get really pissy with the government for banning all Google news, which turns out was a pretty useful service that they were willing to use for free. They didn't have to be paid for it. They were okay with having the service better than not having it. And I believe that in Australia, that didn't even take two years. It was like two weeks (laughs) where it was like implemented. Okay, we'll shut you off. And everybody was like, what? Sometimes sanity reigns. Sometimes it doesn't. This connected world. We've been bitching about this since our very first show. You cannot treat anything that is Internet based as a regional thing it is not no matter how hard you try to make it so trying to force companies to interoperate is insane it will end up with a worse result for everybody involved and these lawmakers are just moronic they're imbeciles they don't understand what they're doing they don't understand i think that's a job requirement by yes the way. i would agree And it's just sad. It's like, you can't do it. It's like one of the, again, anybody can set up a server in Panama where nobody really wants to screw with anybody, I guess. And then what do you do? Well, the service is out of Panama. Okay. Now what? Uh, I mean, how do you You block it? You you block it at your great firewall. Well, and that's fine. But then if you allow people to actually use VPNs, I mean, you can still block all traffic and then you can never get out to the regular internet. I mean, I mean there are some countries that do that. Yes, which is maybe uh, what we're going you know, to. And maybe that's what the EU has to do. Can you imagine the people in the EU when all of a sudden it's like, what the fuck? I can't call grandma in the United States anymore because these motherfuckers shut down the line. I, it, it feels like there's a lot of places going that way. You know, the, the Great Firewall of China has is the one that's best known. Um, well, I ran you know, to you. UK has their the version of it, even though they say they're a, a free country. But if you know, they censor. All IP addresses to known porn sites, for example, it is like, oh, sorry, you can't get to this. Uh, they're blocking at, at the country national level. Well, they're blocking at the ISP level, but that um, I think uh, 
one of the Scandinavian countries, Norway, some are, it has uh, the same sort of thing. The EU has, it keeps having um, uh, uh, rulings that come out saying you have to ban these IPs because of the pirate bay. Uh, Iran, Saudi Arabia, they have national level firewalls that, that block traffic. I mean, if the internet does go to a full balkanization, that might be a, a failure in this 60 year old internet concept or experiment. That would be unfortunate. Yes. The bits want to be free. They want to stream wherever people want them streamed. Firewalls are no good. Legislation, no good. Leg- I, can you name one legis- piece of legislation that you went, wow, that really did great for the internet and freedom and humanity? Uh, Going to have to get back to you on that one. Okay, do some research on that one. In the interim, we um, do have a few people to the, thank. The only, the only thing that even remotely comes to mind is Section 230. Which is so vastly which which, which has... It has some downsides to it, but overall, I think that safe harbor provision um, was generally beneficial for making the Internet grow and user generated content turning into a thing. Um, The problems with it, of course, is that it uh, it has now led to a, a large number of social media monopolies who enjoy the network effect and immunity. And more importantly, the problem with Section 230 is the reason it's called Section 230 and not a law in itself is because it is a very small section numbered 230. In fact, of the really, wow. I never knew why they called it that of the communications decency act, which was passed by a Republican Congress and signed by Bill Clinton. And, uh, generally is the thing that is, uh, why the federal government likes to step in and try to regulate things like porn. I suppose they like to regulate everything though. Yes, they do. We are a value for value podcast here, which means we rely on your donations to bring you the quality programming that's currently going into your ear holes. That may have sounded dirty and maybe it was, but the concept is there's no paywall. If you enjoy the show, if you've gotten any value out of it whatsoever, I mean, who doesn't get a little value? I mean, we could actually hear your blood pressure going up earlier. I mean, that was value. (laughs) It's like, well, I've never, heard I wasn't that. getting value at the time. I've never heard that. I've never actually heard somebody's blood pressure going up. I mean, that microphone yeah, is that's, capturing it. That's one of one of the little meters in clean feed. You know, you've got, you think that they're for volume levels, but at least one of them is, is for by blood pressure level. Well, there was a suggestion in the troll room earlier to have a blood pressure monitor on you. And I know that we I mean, not blood pressure, but I know NASCAR in some of the races, they have drivers that you could see their current heart rate. I think that would be a great addition to the show just to uh, just to be able to understand. It's like we can monitor your blood pressure, your heart rate. I mean, maybe we can throw a lie detector in there, too, just for fun, just to see if the uh, the needles start going up and down. I, all, I'd break that needle off in a hurry. All value for value. And all if, I have to do is read some quotes from some Silicon Valley spokeshole. Just snap that needle right off. Okay, what about looking at a picture of AOC? What reaction do we get? Uh, okay, with no or voice. without head shown. No voice. Okay. <laughs> so no, what, no, you said picture. I'm yes. assuming no voice, um, no text. And right. if they if they crop her head out of the picture, then uh, there will be a meter going up. I'm cool with that. But 
But if you get the full shot with the face, then it's like, ah, the, 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 uh, you know, she's got a, a really nice looking body and uh, and a butter face. Right. You're looking up, down, up, down. You really your body's very confused. Like, up, down, up, down. OK, hold on. Got to get the bucket. <laughs> but I digress. If you got any value out of the show, you go to grumpyoldbeds.com slash donate. You can use the donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. You can stream us some Satoshis if you're on a podcasting 2.0 app, newpodcastapps.com. You can go to patreon.com slash grumpyoldbeds if you're in that ecosystem. We add nothing extra over there up to this point. And you can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. They're all great. If you go the snail mail route, you can go into your bank with their online bill pay, put our information in and set it up to do a daily, weekly, monthly, whatever you want to do. Donation right to us. And then you don't even have to pay the stamp for it to stamp for the envelope. Your bank just does it all for you. And we don't have to pay a percentage to PayPal. You don't have to worry about censorship from paypal or any of these other asshole processors who are like no those people are dangerous just censorship from your bank which coincidentally is why you should get off of the big wall street banks and go find yourself a local credit union did you hear that uh paypal snuck that whole twenty five hundred dollar thing right back in like two days after the big story that said we would never do that which was another thing that that i'm just remembering happened right after our last show Uh uh-huh so uh, fuck those guys. Be very careful if you have money in PayPal. Be very if you careful. you have money in PayPal, then you save your secure your money in PayPal and send it all to Grumpy Old Ben so that they can't take it. Yes. Convert that to check format. Send it to us. It's the way the system works. And we do have a few people to thank for today's show, including Brian Janak with his $10 monthly. He's over on Patreon and has been for a while. That is appreciated. Murray came in like right after a couple hours after our 200th episode. He sent a boost to Graham and said, stay grumpy, my friend. Stay grumpy. That was 33,000 sats, otherwise known as $6.73, at least before we started the show today. By next week, that could be $2. That could be $100. You don't know with the Bitcoin. Yeah. And a week later, it'll be a thousand. And yes. then the week after that, it'll be a, you know, buck 50. A dollar, and- yeah. Like, sorry, we're and, destitute now. And it's not Bitcoin's value that's going up and down. It's this is what Biden is doing to the American dollar. Every lick of an ice cream cone, the economy switches. Stephen McConnell, five bucks. Stevie, five bucks. Dennis Woods, five bucks. They're all the Patreonies, and I get it. We gave the sad puppy version of Grumpy Old Benz for episode 200. So we had a little drop off today. Hey, maybe, maybe more of you people can be experts and come in. And get that degree started. Get to be a grumpy old Ben guru at the uh, small level of a thousand in donations. We're waiting for cold acid to jump back on the train. Oh, he's too busy playing oblivion. He said he's been playing some video games. I thought he was the Canadian that was uh, attacking Paul Pelosi. I'm not sure. Boobery came in with 17,776 man he wants freedom that son of a bitch boobery the mothman of the minneapolis maybe you've heard Can of you his blame show. him no he does a show called behind the squeams stony old ben sounds like a very boostable podcast yeah and i'm sure there could be a few of those 
I mean, they're not us. We could be the drunky old Ben's, but never the stony old Ben's. If we moved this show to about five hours later in the day, every episode would be drunky Drunky old Ben's. Ben's. I mean, we could pretend to be stony old Ben's. Because the the end of this episode is usually the inflection point where I go from chugging coffee to chugging alcohol. Well, you have lunch in between. I mean, there's that very important part. You get the lunch, you get the base. If if I wait. (laughs) Sometimes it's a liquid lunch. But we could do stony old Ben's. It would just be like Cheech and Chong coming back. We'd be like, yeah. Hey, dude. We could get more stoned than we've ever been on our, in our lives. Yeah, man. Did you see? Which the, isn't hard because I don't think either one of us has ever. No, man, never. But like, did you see the thing about the thing, man? That was cool. That's what. Uh, must have must have missed the thing. <laughs> that would be what Stony Old Ben's would sound like. And, and a millennial, the Noah Jenna millennial says, I can think of nothing clever to say. With a 5,000 set boost. Well, you know what? That's not even a very clever donation number, 5,000. I mean, at least come up with a creative number if you have nothing clever to say. You know what? He donated. I'm not going to complain. He does that much. He does that podcast, too, with the other guy. Oh, yeah. The one with that guy about the thing on the stream. The media thing, man. The millennium media offensive or something, man. It's offensive. The the one where the the one where he's actually proud of being associated with a generation of morons. <laughs> hey, he's trying to set the record straight that not yes. everybody that's a millennial is a complete idiot. Well, we I mean we knew that the sweeping generalizations are are the domain of of poor analytic skills. So obviously. With a group as large as everybody born between these years, there's somehow, despite government depopulation programs, somebody is going to be born into that system that isn't a complete retard. It and just, that may be him. They're not. They're not the ones who win the votes. <laughs> well, because, yeah, well, that's true. To get the votes, you have to do some some stuff. And I, whatever you just said, Nam is now demanding the money back. There's no refunds. No refunds or exchanges. Do you see the sign right there? No refunds or exchanges. It's clear as day. It's right there. No, NAM does not mean not a complete retard. That would be Necker. N-A-C-R. Necker. <laughs> uh, okay, let's 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 workshop the acronyms after the show. Okay. Yeah. That would be uh, a good idea. C-, C Brooklyn sent in a boost saying uh one, two, three, four, five sats saying vote early, vote often. Yes, I mentioned that early, but I did not mention the amount. So thank you, C. Brooklyn. Yeah. And then uh, boosting I, from Crontab was right before the show from Servo. Old school, boosting from Cron. People are like, what's Cron? We'll look it up, C-R-O-N. I, and, you know, I, I approve of this automated boosting. Next thing you know, you're going to have your AIs boosting for you. We'll take the human completely out of the equation. Computers can run our lives. As long I as love the, this plan. Yeah, as long as the AI has the ability to get into your bank account, be worried, be very worried. As long as the AI has the ability to send me money, then I am all in favor. Yes. And we want you to send us money again. Grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. We, we appreciate those just for giving us your time. I know I say that on the other shows as well, but I realize there's a ton of podcasts out there. There's a bunch of other things you could be doing with your time. And all you crazy people that show up, especially when we do the show live, 
like Sir Net Ned and Digi Guru and Sir Vo and I have no name. I've been giving Sir Matthew some crap. He hasn't been around here live in a while, but we notice and we appreciate people that are giving us a hard time in the troll room, giving us some good information, telling us we're full of crap, whatever it is. We appreciate it. Asking for their Satoshis back. It's like, nope. This is a one-way Satoshi stream. <laughs> don't, don't, we have no backstream, no backwash into the stream. Nope. Well, we do. And, and the trick is he's going to get those Satoshis back when one of us decides to uh, be generous and donate to his show. Do we have to listen to the show though? Or can we just, no, donate? no, 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 God, no. What, <laughs> why, why would you even suggest that? Just wanted to be fair. <laughs> Comic strip logger comes in with a one, two, three, four set that just says, fuck you. Come on, CSB. <laughs> Who is that directed towards? At least directed towards somebody. Why? Uh, that's great. Well, if I don't. Can, if you can get people into a conversation. Where I don't every, even have that one. So I think he sent it to you only. Oh, well, that's very possible. Or maybe <laughs> it's possible. See, if you can get into a conversation with somebody and then every time they want to give you a response, they send a little bit of money back with. That is the best debate ever. If you can do that. I should, I should probably mention for the zero people other than me who would be stupid enough to set up their node this way, that uh, if you happen to be running the lightning server on bare metal like I am, instead of going through a service or a package or anything, that uh, the lightning network for the second time in a month, the service got completely blocked by somebody creating a, a custom packet uh, to put in the Bitcoin chain blockchain that broke everybody's lightning servers to the point where they couldn't parse the blockchain and could not parse any new transactions. This was something that went out to the Bitcoin uh, blockchain. Well, it, the, the so the, the LND, the lightning network consumes the Bitcoin blockchain as I, I or I, I can't explain it very well because if I make an attempt to explain this, then the the Bitcoin people out there, you know who you are, are going to come back and tell me why I'm wrong. Well, so actually, just, he was completely wrong but, when he said that. But I do know that uh, the the Lightning server consumes each block for data, and there was a bug about a month ago. I discussed this in Angry Tech News, where um, somebody found a parsing error in the Lightning in the LND implementation that made it so that a particular data in the block would make it so that the lightning service couldn't parse that block. And because blocks have to be parsed sequentially, it couldn't parse any block after that, which meant Ooh. that every lightning service or LND implementation or server just shut down. They couldn't parse a block on the Bitcoin blockchain and they stopped working. Well, the same person found Another parsing bug reported the parsing bug two weeks ago and said, I give you two weeks to release a patch with the fix for this. They didn't release a patch. And so he made a transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain, which broke every lightning server again for this new bug. And funny, they were suddenly motivated to go out and release a patch with the fix for this parsing bug. That's called being uh encouraged so, or you know, that's from, having the incentivized from, you know you can love this guy or you can hate him uh i have the uh somewhere i have borak is the name of the twi twitter name of the person who does it who came out and said i'm gonna do this and then two weeks later 
just straight up did it. He he went out and put a transaction on the blockchain that broke everybody's lightning servers because he wanted them to fix it. Now, nice. You can say this is a douchey thing to do, and it might be. And you it can is. also say it's it, it's a great move for encouraging developers to improve their security, and it is. But it is incentivization. Very disruptive. So I had to spend a chunk of yesterday going and updating my server again. And if you're running a node and it doesn't seem to be parsing anything, then you might want to check if your LND is is up to date. It now should be running 0.15.4, I think. Get those nodes updated. And I do want to mention when boostograms come in, we don't really know who's sending them. Because, for instance, I'm looking at this boostogram that says it came from Comic Strip Blogger and says, fuck you. I don't believe it's really CSB because if it was, he would have added go to www.csb.lol. They would always have the plug. So I don't believe oh, yeah. this is actually from CSB. But you can boost as anybody. So, I mean, this well, is I, also something to keep in mind on those other shows also, that read the do, boostograms. Do, do comic strip bloggers other posts come via fountain? They all do. Yes. This is user come at comic strip blogger at fountain. But there's you can just be at I anybody. Thought most of his boosts came in from via uh, at csb but yeah you know you may be right there They're could be shenanigans going on here yeah we noticed any millennial uses fountain as well right before boosted just like four minutes before so it could be somebody trying to impersonate the great csb i think we, we've got some repudiation issues in fact if you know <laughs> who this person is please send another boostergram yes that it, yeah. And to make sure we see the boostergram, uh, let's just make it an easy round number like 999999 Satoshis. Let's make it a really easy round number like one Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, yeah. One Bitcoin would be good too. This is a beautiful thing, man. This is moving magical currency from one place to another. Thanks to everybody over at Podcasting 2.0, Adam Curry, Dave Jones, and a cast of literally hundreds. Two. Yeah, well, there's more. There's more people involved. I don't know if it's thousands yeah. yet of people actually working, but there's hundreds, I would bet. A cast of literally dozens. Yes, we've had countless card and phone call in regards to this issue, and we are going to get down and dirty with it just as uh, soon as we can. Anything uh, else? That's all uh, the stories I had on my list. Oh, my gosh. I've got so many more, but we're running out of time. Let's see. I've got... Uh, um, I got one that I really, really wanted to complain about. Uh, oh, about, well, that's uh, a rarity. You want to complain well, about something? Well, this is one that was held over from last week, which we didn't get to because I was really ranty then. Um, yeah, I noticed there was my list. There was well, we got through a few of them, but there was a lot of leftovers. Well, um, this is Indiana Court of Appeals upholds ruling taking the kid away from a parent for refusing gender affirming care. Okay, so a parent that refused to let their kid cut their penis off or uh, something is. And this wasn't even this wasn't even one parent wanted one thing and one parent wanted another thing. These were two parents who were unified in their position that the kid should not be made to transition. So and the parents both was, agreed. The parents agreed. The parents are still together, which I know is really unusual for America. And they both agreed. The kid should not get this. It was the kid's teacher and social worker and uh, like a therapist who came in and testified because if you just put 
some letters after your name and say you're a therapist, then judges automatically believe you understand human behavior. And the age of and, this child? Uh, 16. Okay. So uh, the story is May of 2021, the Indiana D- DCS, Department of Child Services, yes. received a complaint alleging that the mother was verbally and emu- emotionally abusing the then 16-year-old child by using rude and demeaning language toward the child regarding the child's transgender identity. And as a result, the child had thoughts of self-harm. A second complaint came in a few months later, alleging that the parents were verbally and emotionally abusing the child because they do not accept the child's transgender identity. The abuse was getting worse and the parents were being mean to the child due to the child's transgender identity. So my first question is, where did the child get the idea that they had a transgender identity? Um, Because this is not particularly well explored. But somebody convinced the kid that they wanted to transition and the parents were having none of it. I don't know the the story here is, is very much written. Well, it's, it's in, it's very much written from the perspective of, uh, you know, these parents are total assholes and they're religious fundamentalists for not wanting their kid to do this. And I don't know exactly what happened in here, but obviously the complaints were, the children are total assholes and the child is just somebody who believes that they're transgender and should be allowed to express themselves. And there is a real question here with regards to, first of all, you know, what are the kid's rights before he's 18? And, and I'll say he, that was the original gender and that's how the parents refer to this child. Uh, what, you know, do, do the parents have the right? You know, first of all, do the parents have the right? to tell the kid who's living in their household whether or not they can change genders. And I would argue yes, because that's what parenting is. Correct. Um, Up until the point they hit 18 or if they can get themselves emancipated earlier. Yes. Yeah. I mean, move the fuck out. If you're not dependent on your parents and you're not associated with them anymore, then do make your own decisions. But otherwise, that is, um, I, I understand that there are a lot of institutions on the left who are trying to tear this down and replace it with, with the state. But in, in the society we grew up in, it is in fact a parent's both right and responsibility to raise the kid and make the decisions for them until they are of the point, at the point where they can do it themselves. And 16 anyway, is getting close. So, of course, yeah, it age. is getting close. So, according to the complaint, the child was anorexic. Um, when the school district started pushing, the parents withdrew the child from school and indicated they were not going to re-enroll. Um, they also withdrew the child from therapy because their therapist was poisoning the mind of the child. And at least in, in the parent's mind, I, I'm not sure that isn't true. Um, so they did. I, I read this story. Um, the, 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 the complaint also says the mother said things such as, you know, the, the female name and, and this anonymizes everything. So I don't know the actual names, but it, you know, if the child now identified as Ada, for example, then the mother would say things like Ada is the bitch that killed my son. Might be true. Um, the CPS report said the child would have thoughts of self harm if forced to go home. Uh, mental health evaluations, presumably done by this therapist, indicated 
significant psychological disorders and conditions that would benefit from therapy when they took the kid out of therapy. Um, the trial court ultimately found probable cause to remove the kid from the home. Which now, the end result is now where does the kid go into a foster home? Yeah, probably. Um, the parents immediately filed an order saying that the state violated their constitutional rights to care, custody and control of their own child, as well as their right to executive exercise, yes, exercise of religion. Well, I know you hate exercise and their right to freedom of speech. Um, the, the appeals court ruled that the parents appeals was moot and declined to address it, leaving the trial court decision to stand. The appeals court said, the reality is this is an extreme example of a child having a certain lifestyle the parents don't agree with, said the state, and said that the state has responsibility to remove the child from the home when the child's safety is in danger. So my question to you is, is this about safety? Uh, is this about physical or emotional harm as the uh, CPS, uh, the, the child services allege? Um where do parents' rights fit in here and where do the child's rights fit in and how does this get addressed? I think that there's a lot of injustice going on and I don't know that it all flows one way. Well, it's all too convoluted. The problem here is if it becomes a legal precedent that if a child says the parents are being mean to them and they're going to commit self-harm, well, then the parents have no rights whatsoever because the parents can never do anything that the child doesn't like, which anarchy will rule. This is like yeah. taking away the punishment for crimes Daddy, in our major cities and then crime surging. Go figure. Daddy took my toys away. Right. I'm going to hurt myself now. And then CPS steps in and takes the kid out of the house. Exactly. So, I mean, there has to be something more. Parents do have the right to be able to raise their child the way they want. Well, they should. Yes, without doing physical harm to the child. This concept that, again, your parents were mean to you. Every child growing up, your parents are mean to you and you don't understand. You can't comprehend it because well, your brain, much like Joe Biden's brain, is mush. Like you said, your parents force you to go to bed at eight o'clock. Ah, I don't want to go to bed. Well, then they're being every, mean to you. Every child at some point interprets uh boundary settings discipline and tough love as my parents hate me right it's it's part of growing up and then if you if you're to turn into a well-adjusted adult you have to get over that yes and this is what it, we talked know, about in the previous episode we never did check in to see if your if your friend was still speaking to you after after that episode we have uh, not spoken about that no well, at least you're speaking, so maybe they haven't heard the episode, or uh, but or it, it, there uh, should be but, times but, uh, where you can just agree to have different points of view and say, hey, I still like you, but I'm going to disagree with what you're doing. That Trust me, I'd have no friends at all if, <laughs> if disagreeing with somebody meant that I couldn't talk to them. You're right, because your wife wakes up in the morning and goes, hey, lovely day, honey. You're like, no. Oh, I, I had to, you know, get up and, and, and slap a bitch about leaving the bathroom fan on while we were letting heat out of it. Oh, oh, actually, no, that's not how it went. And she sicked a cat on me. And we we don't talk about that anymore. But anyway, this could be Bemrose family court here soon. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. But in these cases, it's like, yeah, children always feel like with any boundary setting, as you said, well, that's being mean. It's like in this case, it's like little Jimmy. 
at 16 years old is like, okay, I want to go trans. I want to go through the surgery. The parents say no. And of course the parents are made out to be the bad guys, but nobody thinks about what would happen to little Jimmy if he transitions at 16 and then at 18 wants to kill himself because I, nobody should let me do this. I was an idiot. Yeah. Because, because it's not like the, all of the, what it's not like it was in the brochure. They told me that I could transition and suddenly I'd be happy with my life forever. And that's not a way it's working because of course, you know, the, a lot of the advocates of this way of life through either willful blindness or just wanting more people to be like them can often leave out little details. Like, um, you know, that you can't, that the medical transition doesn't work all the way that you're going to be on on pills and medical procedures for the rest of your life because they can't make you as if you were born the other gender technology isn't like that i don't know my my first problem with this story which is absolutely not addressed by any of the reporting by any of the the state agencies who are very clearly all on one side of the aisle is uh why did the child become convinced that they were transgender and did anybody talk to them about the options or were they just push, push, push? Of course you want this. You know, the, the therapist that they pulled the kid out of was the therapist going, well, if you've ever thought about wearing a dress, obviously you're a girl and need to start taking these drugs. Now did, did the child's schools guidance counselor, did they all push? Well, none of that is explained in the story, but yes, I absolutely believe that some of that happened to one degree or another. Well, yes, and it's dangerous when you're letting random people on the outside influence a child in such manner, because the reality is when you're a parent, I mean, there are some real asshole parents, but overall, I think parents would die for their children and and want the best for them. Overall, it's just just DNA. If you believe that you know the like the quotes and some of anything from the complaint these may well have been asshole parents they may well have been total religious fundies who are like you know not in my household and the you know the kid comes out and i'm like i actually don't want to follow in your footsteps and you're like okay and you maybe they i don't know there was in fact no no allegations of uh physical violence which given the tone of the rest of the complaint I means I don't think that there was there was a uh, you know, emotional violence, which is incredibly subjective, which is a made up term. Emotional violence is a made up term. Yes. And it's very subjective. And, you know, again, it, emotional violence might be. He said saying, I wasn't a girl. You know, well, that's emotional. You're, you're violence. the bitch that killed my son. That might right. be an example of emotional violence. Also saying, you know, no, you can't stay up past 11 might be interpreted as emotional violence in both cases. They tend to be interpreted by the kid as, as my parents hates me. If you know, if they don't have an understanding, I don't know. There's not enough information here. Uh, all I know is this is, this is an awful situation. I don't know what's happening. Uh, my gut instinct is I really, 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 really don't like, taking a step down the slippery slope of the state coming in and saying, you know, for the kids, emotional welfare, we're going to part you from your child. That that is 
a horrible step to take that I think is taken by state agencies far, far too often. There are a lot of horror stories about out there about people having their kids taken away from them for really bullshitty reasons. And I think that the burden of proof needs to be a hell of a lot higher. Uh, I also think that this trial court judge needs to be bitch slapped by an appellate court. Uh, or the or the appeals court judge might need to be bit slapped by a district court. I don't know. Uh, the idea of uh, you know the parents appealing on constitutional grounds is moot, and so we're not going to address the Constitution. You dumb fuck! You aren't even reading your oath of office when you became a judge. The Constitution is what you're supposed to be concerned with. Well, this I don't is know. what the left wants. It takes a village. Parents should not be the ones letting their you know determining how their children grow up it's the community it's the village that's the important thing parents are but just it's not so even the village it's, it's the state well yeah which is the village now and in fact the village are the enemies because more parents than not feel the way of you shouldn't take my kid away and they should be able to guide that child up until the point again there's a very arbitrary date but the date that's been set in this country is 18. That's when you're an adult. Up until that point, your parents are responsible for your well-being, meaning your parents, when you're 15, 16 years old, I don't think they can legally you know, just throw you out on the street and say, I'm done with you. I mean, it happens, but they have and, a responsibility and, up until the point that you're 18 to take care of you. And that responsibility for the well-being was exactly the the thin excuse that was used by the court in this case, saying that emotional harm was done. And I, I mean, as we know, emotional harm, it's it's made up and it's a dog whistle to allow hurt feelings to be treated as violence. Yes, it, it and, is. And to tell the parent they cannot raise their child the way they want to. So this just means every child that comes home and says, I want to go trans, the parents have no power to say, no, this is not good for you. And every public school and, and apparently left art therapist is going to go ahead and be able to convince the kid you really want to be trans. And I don't know. There, there are, in fact, people out there uh, from from some statistics I brought to the show a few weeks ago. Uh, that number is approximately one in what did I say? One in twelve hundred people out there who genuinely internally have feelings of I was born in the wrong gender. But the number of kids who are coming out today and thinking, oh, I should change my gender because that's what all the cool kids are doing is closer to 10 or 12 percent. And those two numbers don't reconcile. So there are activists in your schools today who are taking, you know, 50 in 1200 people and telling them you should transition because it's the cool thing to do. And they are fucking up a whole generation of kids yeah because the people that are doing it i think are overall brainwashed too because either it happened to them and now they want somebody else in their club i mean i know that's generalizing and being a little bit uh you know rude about it but that's the way it kind of seemed like yeah. oh here's uh, your uh, answer it's 10 percent if that's the number of people who kids who now think oh i should transition that's that's 120 and 1200 well if one in 1200 actually is transgendered and believes that they genuinely were born wrong that means that 119 of those people were fucking brainwashed into completely ruining their lives and sterilizing themselves forever by 
activists and in nobody, the schools. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about what happens to those folks that go through a procedure that is life altering and then regret it. Nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah, None of the brochures that the trans activists hand out during recess say, oh, and by the way, you have a 95 percent chance of regretting your decision afterward and your life is fucked either way. Yeah, they leave that out. Yeah, funny. That just doesn't seem to be in the in the paperwork. And this is why parents are there to guide their children, because parents are supposed to know better. They're supposed to keep their children from doing stupid things that they've experienced. And not all parents are great people. No, but but the way that our society is is supposed to work and has for hundreds of years is uh, great people are not the burden necessary, uh, the burden of proof necessary to revoke parental rights is supposed to be extremely high because the the benefits of being raised by real parents are so immense in this society that taking kids away from parents lightly is an incredible societal harm and i'm I, I, i'm just net ned boostagram I love Ryan Bemrose and cats. <laughs> Thanks for that. And CSB says uh, in another boostergram, yes, it was me, the CSB. Fuck you was directed to Bemrose as he refuses to read my boostergrams. Yo. Okay. I, you know, I, I, that's from the heart. I'll accept the message. <laughs> yes. We see that's exactly it. As long as it's from the heart. You can have a conversation. That's what we do here on Grumpy Old Ben's. That's why you tune in each and every week, just because you never know what rabbit hole we're going to go down, what's going to be discussed. But we hope you find it entertaining. You hope uh, we hope you learn something every now and then. We hope that Ryan can rage along and take away your rage. It, it's a whole. One of these days, I'm. It's going to be fantastic show content because I'm just going to have a stroke on the air. Sometimes when it sounds like that, when you just start saying <laughs> random words and you'll be like potato sauce, salad, monkey. And I'll be like, are you okay? Monkey new news. No, I'm really, really pissed. <laughs> off. Yes. It all works out. And that's why you tune in. And that's why if you can support the show, grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. With that said, we're, we need Ryan to be able to get some food and alcohol now and calm down after this particularly draining episode of grumpy old ben so until next time i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america just outside a shy rack where the more things change well the more people get shot and from america's left coast where i'm proceeding with my transition into an alcoholic i'm ryan bemrose wait i thought that was done years ago it's it's a process
I can't believe that all of the people did this and the, the voters and the, the Democrats did, and, and I did Silicon Valley. And